Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good Monday. Hopefully you're not lethargic. You're rounding into form. You're ready to attack the week. You feel good. Let's go. Let's go. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. He's on cloud nine. He's obviously feeling good. That's the second uh, Super Bowl appearance in five years for uh, your Eagles. That's correct? Yeah, I think that's right. He's living so large, he could be mistaken for Marvin Wilson. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't, that's not our guy's fault. No, not at all. That was Getty, that was Getty Images' fault. Yeah, so our guy, Director Ben, behind the scenes helps us out with cool graphics and such. Yeah, the graphic um, was all of the Knowles that will be playing in the Super Bowl, and there's, it's a mashup of all those guys, and one of them, it says Marvin Wilson, and it's not Marvin Wilson. So... Behind the scenes, you come in here during the top of the hour switch over, and you're yeah. saying, hey, there's some chatter in the chat about that not being Marvin. What do you mean? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I have to make a phone call. And then I thought, I hope Getty screwed, because we have a Getty Images subscription. I hope Getty screwed Director Ben, who isn't originally from Tallahassee. Right. And for, if first and Wouldn't foremost, know what there Marvin, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a picture. I could even tab share it probably getty images has a picture of quote unquote marvin wilson looking on at practice the problem is it's not marvin wilson it's some dude that's an offensive lineman from a preseason game with the same number so we'll be fixing the image <laughs> soon enough to marvin by the way congratulations to marvin even being in the league after all this happened same for joshua kando you don't really or hey janarius robinson but uh josh sweat Everybody knows about Derek Nadi. Everybody knows about, but maybe you wouldn't have thought about Marvin Wilson or Roderick Johnson or Janarius Robinson. Big Rod Johnson. Big Rod. All right. So congratulations to all the former Knowles. Hell, for that matter, if you'd like, Landon Dickerson's there too. And by the way, every time you see Landon Dickerson, you're reminded of how much bigger he got just one year removed from Florida State's sports nutrition staff in Alabama's. Sports nutrition staff. It was remarkable. Another indicator that the Bama table was lacking around these parts and that things needed to change and change quickly. Uh, that was uh, one of the all-time body transformations. He left Florida State where he was oft injured, got to Alabama. An hour later, he was the biggest man I've ever seen. <laughs> left the Moore Center saying, goodbye, guys. Yeah. It was, next time they, hey, Landon, how's it going? Hello. Yeah, he was the... Um, Shadow of death. Our guy, by the way, at the end of that Eagles 49ers game, Trent Williams showed again. Oh, my goodness. You do not meddle with that man. My favorite lineman in football. I have yet to see that uh, overlaid with Jim Ross, but it should be. <laughs> it's got to be. Because there was a period of time where it wasn't just a choke slam. He would say, choke slam from hell. Because yeah. that was a choke slam from hell. Well, here's the thing.
I think this is true in general. And by the way, you notice that nobody came back at Trent. They all came back at each other. No. They just left Trent on his own. Yeah. He's high on the list of baddest asses in the league. The one man who spoke to him eye to eye to suggest that that was going overboard, and Dominican Sue, who I would dare say could, Woo. could have the conversation. And who has gone overboard. So he can relate to the anger and the manifestation of very personally. And he walked over and was like, come on, man. You could see him saying, come on, you know that was that was crossing the line. <laughs> and those two guys are ancient by NFL standards. And both badasses. When Trent went to San Francisco mm. from Washington. There was talk of his age. Is, uh, is he over the hill? Because he had taken great. a year. He's been great. Been the best. Yeah. The best in the game. Yes. He's, he's a freak. What I would suggest is if you, because we, I mean, obviously we played ad nauseum the famed clip. What you gonna do? Punch you in your mouth and then pop up. Very very quickly is how that how you, that happened. You learn a lot in five seconds of oh, audio. Yeah. Well, it's also the video is so good because of the menacing nature in which he walks up on Richard Sherman and he's got the black visor. You're like, oh, he's the minister of death walking over here to you. And Sherman sounds almost nervous. He's, he's giggling. What's he going to do? Yeah, you're like, I'm going to punch you in your damn face. Yep. And then it happened. It, bye -bye. Yeah. It's quick, too. Um, and then the uh, PR agent who was just oh, looking. Oh. He was looking for the prayer circle. Yeah, yeah, he was whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing whoa, here? Whoa. What are we doing here? I'm looking for Russell Wilson's prayer circle. My point would be this. If Trent Williams has had enough of the situation, and he tells you he's had enough of the situation. Yeah. There is overwhelming evidence that he is going to act upon this frustration. There isn't going to be any more conversation. It is going to be an immediate, that's your ass moment. And so when guys show you who they are, believe them. Trent is a uh, quick-to-punch guy. And he's honest, though. Oh, I mean, I love that he's forthright. Like, the ass kicking's about to commence. Well, what, what, here we go. <laughs> here he comes. It's happening now. We're done. It's like Marvin two-time Harrison. There ain't, there ain't a second. Yeah, one time. Yeah. There ain't going to be a second. It is a one time and then pa-dap. So. I told you I'm not signing autographs. And here comes a follow-up immediately. So I just, I thought it was, it was too good. I just, and at that moment, I thought, all right, well, you know, somebody's got to be told. But he had his back to him. But he, you got to hear the voice. You got to know. You got to know. Marvin will knock a fan on his butt, and then say, "Hey, you want to know what it feels like to have a Gatorade shower?" <laughs> there you go. Get you some of that. Oh man! Still want my autograph? Incredible. So it is set. I get people's complaints about uneven officiating and the like. What I won't tolerate and listen to on the regular is somehow we've moved, we've morphed into a. Society of conspiracy theorists who think everything is rigged, which drives me nuts because it's not. Uh, do guys blow calls? Yes. And this is the larger discussion, just like I've had a larger discussion uh, regarding the NBA and fandom. So there's a couple things here that I think are interesting, and they affect our sports, and they affect the leagues that we watch and, and enjoy the competition. If you have high levels of incompetence, regardless of uh, – whether or not you think they intend to screw somebody or not, the, the, the incompetence in and of itself is what you should attack. Sometimes it favors your team, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. I don't think anybody's sitting around deciding, well, we, we need this to happen or that to happen because they're 
far different outcomes that they would have chosen. Anyhow, the point would be when incompetence reigns supreme, you have an issue because that becomes the talking point the day after an electrifying game that ends in the waning seconds because of a penalty, which was a penalty. You just don't hit your boy out of bounds like that. It's stupid. It's a stupid decision. But that not that ought not be what we're talking about. It ought to be that you have the two one seeds in a matchup that two weeks from now, if everybody's healthy, could be outstanding. Could be an incredible game. I'm looking forward to it, and I don't care about either team, but I'm really looking forward to that game. I remember for years the NBA had that problem where you'd see a great series, and afterwards the fans would just talk about this call or that call. You had a terrible call over the weekend where LeBron didn't get the call, and, I mean, by God, it's an obvious foul. It's, it's a layup, and his arm gets hit. Do I think there was a conspiracy amongst the refs? No, I just think it's incompetence. You don't want the incompetence of ACC officials, NBA officials, NFL officials to be the talking point. And I'm not just saying by those disgruntled by the result of the game, which is normal. Fans who are on the losing end of a contest will find every meaningful slight that they can find from a video of their team getting the short end of the stick by a call. But what you don't need is, A, emphasis on the wrong things, and, B, incompetence and officiating. And you've got to get a handle on that because that does plague professional sports leagues. It plagues Major League Baseball. And we live in an era of video replay. We live in an era where we can instantly see how wrong you are. Agreed. I, there's something that needs to come with this next evolution of replay review in the NFL that's critical. This is something that the XFL or AFL, whatever, that first one in the last five years did. Remember when they went to the booth and they showed that one dude who's just sitting there? He's like, okay, looking at the review. We're rewinding now. I mean, like, it was terrible television, but transparency is important. Yeah. The unequal application of the expedited review is going to cause problems. Yeah. You have no idea who's in the room. It is the silhouette from Deal or No Deal. Who's the guy up there? Because there are times when they buzz down and they make a change and they do so perfectly because we want expedited reviews. This is something we want. The one instance was last night for Cincinnati in which they saved a challenge. They didn't even need to issue a challenge on a play after Kansas City had exhausted theirs. Right. You're thinking, wow, yeah. look at that benefit. But they don't have expedited review, for example, early on in the Philadelphia San yeah, Francisco no game on the Smith where play, there's yeah. no catch. So who is the one that's triggering this? Should it be a centralized replay review center like there are in different leagues? And shouldn't there be a feed on television with an audio patch through, almost like it's a NASCAR broadcast, that you can hear what the official is hearing from the voice of the replay gods? That's going to have to be important. Nobody's talking about that quite as much today, but I think just moving forward, the expedited review system, which is just trust me, we caught it. That is much different than watching a head official on the field going through the process. What I what I hate though is there are all these moments where it, it instantly leads to this thought, this aggrieved fan base or frustration from a staff or whatever it might be, and then the next talking point from that group is always that there was some sort of nefarious element. But it's not. It's usually just incompetence. Just just call it for what it is. It's usually just blatant incompetence that affects games in a negative light that leads to that frustration amongst fans. And that's all fans. That's all of us that watch the NFL or watch the NBA or watch Major League Baseball. I watch games between two teams I care nothing about all the time and see countless examples of one side or the other having a, having a tough day at the office because of incompetence. Not a nefarious element, but incompetence. And there are ways to eliminate aspects of it. Now, they're human beings, and this game is hard to officiate. 
I feel like, for example, the end of the Florida State game in basketball. So Cleveland's foul, which is before the shot. Okay. That do I think the ref had it in for Florida State and Matthew Cleveland? No. Do I think they had a tough day? Were they poor? Yes. Is that the norm? Yes. In any game that I watch? Yes. Basketball is a hard sport to officiate. Admittedly, both things can be true. I think there are things that you can do to eliminate aspects of that ambiguity of the fresh of the of the in between places that refs find themselves in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Transparency is the way out to prove beyond reason, beyond a reasonable doubt, that you've got either incompetence or that you've got great communication. It can't be one or the other. Like conspiracy theories can't live in a place where there's transparency because you see what's going on in real time. There's two things the NFL's got to clean up. That is now the second time this season I've seen a football hit a wire, which they couldn't get right in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Clearly, the punt hit the wire that the um, you know, uh, the X cam is on or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's going to have to either be a proper drone that just floats, which we have a place that you can do that now. Yes, like the blimp games getting destroyed by the drones. You know, oh, we're yeah. Snoopy one and Snoopy two anymore. No, they're gone. Yeah. You got drones. Yeah, you're going to have to do that for those particular angles to get rid of the wire. And then also with expedited review, you're just going to have to make sure that people understand what's happening. I'm all for speeding it up, but, you know, even if it's just a little box in the bottom corner, we don't have to hear from Pereira or Steratore. Let's hear from the dude who's actually making the call. Well, it's weird because part of the solution to this is to eliminate certain elements of replay and then do a better job with the ones you keep. You know, expedite, refine the ones you decide are reviewable and eliminate others that are unnecessary and just accept that sometimes they're going to get some things wrong. I know that that's hard for people to stomach, but what I don't like, and I've said time and again, if you think about, and I'll go back for those that didn't see it, it's really irrelevant about who it was and what the result was, but rather the process. At the end of the Celtics-Lakers game, LeBron drives to the basket. He's got a left-handed layup. He's clearly going to make it. I mean, he's Point blank, and he gets fouled, and they miss the call. He goes to overtime. Celtics going to win the game. LeBron's furious. The only thought I had at that moment wasn't that oh well they wanted the Celtics to win, or that they want the Lakers to win, or that they want so and so to win, which is what fans frequently do. Immediately think that somebody wants somebody to win, but rather why have replay if in that moment you're not going to use it? What is the point? You review everything under the sun for various degrees of fouls. You're going to sit here and, and show me a, a standard foul, a, a, a nothing foul, a non-intentional foul. Just a uh, looks like he landed awkwardly, so it looks worse than it is. And we're going to deg- we're going to base this on degrees of one, twos, or threes. Whether you're thrown out, whether it's a technical, we have all these degrees in which we judge what a fa- just a standard foul is. And all of these different things that we can review, but we can't review the last play of a game of a tie contest on an obvious foul? Not a, well, that could have gone either way, but rather just clearly define, is that a foul? That is a foul 100% of the time. We can look at it. It takes two seconds. That's foul, partner. We're going to award the free throws here. <laughs> That's what's happening. You, I just don't know why they haven't cleaned up the process. The most important thing in officiating across sports, though, is ever closer to happening. And this is number one on my list. Whether they actually have drones without wires on a football field. You don't field. care about it. You want robot umps. And in AAA this year, I think it's AAA, the entirety of the season will have robot strike zone umpiring. Yes, sir. We are one measly year away. 
from having it in the major leagues, and that makes this heart happy, that we don't have to worry about Joe West being an a-hole, Angel Hernandez being an a-hole, Stevie Bucknor, you name it. It got so bad with Joe West, I rooted for him to collapse. Maybe not die. Across the diamond, though. It it didn't matter what base he was stationed at (laughs) on a given night. He was screwed up. It was always second base. It was always look at me. Well, even the Tim McClellans of the world that take four seconds to say strike three. Guess what? The robot's going to call it before you do. Yeah. I do. uh, I think baseball lends itself to it to some extent more than some of the other sports. I'm willing to accept human error in the other sports more than I am in baseball in a weird way. I've come, come around on your way of thinking to some degree. Most do. Progress. (laughs) Progress. <laughs> I can't, you know, when they end up showing, have you seen the David Ross one from a year ago? Well, well since, him, him getting tossed? Yeah. So since, <laughs> since Ross is local and we know him, it does make me laugh because he's actually a really calm guy. He's really pretty yeah. laid back. He doesn't freak he's out. He's beloved about, by every fixture in the game. Yeah. So you can find this easily on YouTube. He gets thrown out of a game because there are, I don't know, upwards of seven or eight, I mean, six inches off the plate away calls on strikes. So this is a not this is a non-strike three call. There's a pitch on the outside, but it's like the eighth one that he's missed low and away. And they might. That, that's his strike zone, though. That, that's what the old timers <laughs> would tell you. Well, he gives the plate away. Yeah. So... <laughs> the mic on the field catches Rossi, and you hear him from the dugout drop an F-bomb. And he drops an F-bomb, and then he's like, you've got to be better. You have got to be better. And then he gets he gets tossed. So now he's like, okay, well, now we're going to have a conversation about it. So he comes out. It was during the pandemic. And so he's talking to him, trying to hold, keep his mask so he's not spitting on him. And they're talking back and forth, and he's like, this man is six foot six, and you're calling balls off his feet six inches off the plate. And they're going back and forth. It's, it's classic. And I thought of you because you're right. Old-timers would be like, well, that's just the zone. Like, well, that's not in the zone. That's not in the zone. I'll give you a quarter of an inch inside, outside, but it can't be below my knee and six inches outside. Huh. If Kevin Gregg wants to call in the other batter's box, then you know what? That adds to the legend and the lore of baseball. Does it? Does it really? <laughs> you know what? How it's about just... how about in hockey or basketball, they just say, good, he made the basket. It didn't go through the cylinder. It was good. I say it's good. It adds to the lore of the game. Transparency and the integrity, you can't have questions. You got to have those things in place. I'll live with missed calls. I'll live with blown calls. I don't immediately jump to the conspiracy card the way that every fan who's aggrieved does. But you've got to do better. You've got to find a way to do better. What if the officials under the goalpost last night for Bucker said, no good, no good. it's no good. <laughs> and we can't review nope. it. Uh, On to overtime. It's we got- <laughs> my call. I said it's no good. <laughs> the Jim Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health 
uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Good Monday. Thanks for being here. We got a chance to talk with my man, Ira Chappelle. I'll talk with him later tonight as well. So it's uh, we're double dipping. Double dipping as it is scheduled night. ACC Network. We'll be doing a show on War Chant TV. Gives me a chance to, before I welcome Ira in, if you want to flash it up there on the screen, Tom, for everybody. There it is. It is uh, the schedule special live, 7 o'clock tonight, War Chant TV. Like, subscribe, pass along, watch it 20 times over, then put it on repeat. As you go to bed, just let it go out on a loop forever. And I don't know how long that's going to go because we don't know how that show is going to play out. Uh, but we will be there to react to it. Myself, Ira, Corey, Tom. Anybody else joining the party? Oh, we'll see. I sent the invite to everybody. All right. In the world. Let's all get down with the schedule. com joins me as he wants to do, I should say, or is want to do on Mondays. Hello, Ira. I want to do and I want to do. There you go. Are you pumped for the schedule, buddy? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that always means a lot more to, you know, the fans because, you know, they've got to book their travel schedules. Uh, we know we have to cover every game. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> not, not as that big a deal sometimes to us. You know, obviously you want to see whether or not, uh, you know, Forest State gets a, a raw deal or if they're you know, sent to, you know, a stretch of three straight road games or something crazy. But, but other than that, um, yeah, for us, man, you know, we, we, we know we got to be there. So it's just a matter of finding out when. I said bravo earlier in the show. Bravo to the ACC. How about them doing something uh, that makes sense on the ACC network for the first time, maybe forever? Like you know, well, what 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 is that? Closely guarding the schedule, like nobody can seem to get it. I've called in every source that I have, and ordinarily I've got a heads up two days in advance. But they were like, nay, nay, we are going to capitalize on this opportunity and showcase it on our network that nobody watches. Good for them. <laughs> Well, people will be watching it tonight. That's what I mean. They did a good yeah. job of protecting the information for the first time ever. I think they're starting to figure it out, Ira. <laughs> I think, uh, look, man, across this industry, I think people are realizing that uh, you know, sports teams and leagues and uh, schools are start, you know, saying, wait a minute, you know, why, why are we letting other people make money off of our information? So, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not surprising they would do this. And, you know, unfortunately, not everybody has the ACC network or doesn't want to listen to two hours of discussion about all the other teams in the conference. And if that's the case, they can watch our show 
uh, on a YouTube channel. So I am curious. Uh, we both think Florida State is geared to have a great season next year. We've kind of talked about maybe the, the the floor being something like eight wins, the ceiling being undefeated season. Um, what do you think uh, would prove to be the most beneficial for Florida State tonight when we see this schedule relieved, uh, released an early tilt with Clemson or later in the year? I think earlier, um, you know, especially because of the way, you know, the obviously the playoff is still a factor and the fact that if you lose that game early in the year and you come back and if you win the conference, maybe you have a rematch with Clemson later in the year. And I think it's the same way. I think I would, if I'm Clemson, I would want the same thing. So I would think that that's one that we probably can guess. There's a good chance that the ACC gets this right. You're going to think that game is probably going to be in the first month of the season because both teams are going to want to have the opportunity to get back into not just be in the conference championship game, but be back in position to where if they win the conference championship game, you can get in the playoffs. So it's in the best interest of Florida State, it's in the best interest of Clemson, and it's in the best interest of the ACC to make that happen. Now, there's challenges with that, though, and this, this is where scheduling becomes so difficult because there are other pieces that schools are going to want uh, you know, in place because of their particular schedule. Like Florida State, for example, their first two weeks are already booked with you know the LSU game. The Southern Miss game. game. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of shortened the window of opportunities there. And then, you know, you have other games that you, you want moved in different places as well. So that's that's the challenge with scheduling. They can't always make everybody happy. But I would think that that game's got to be in the first, you know, four or five weeks of the season because it's in everybody's best interest for those teams to have time to get back um, in position to maybe make the playoffs. I want Florida State to have a schedule that reads LSU, Southern Miss. That's already happened. And then I want that next game to be at Pitt, buddy. Let's go. Let's go in the ACC opener at Pitt. Let's get up there in time to watch my Buckos play some baseball. You want that too, don't you? <laughs> I definitely think it's going to be uh, – uh, those uh, cold weather games, you're going to think Florida State – again, this is where Florida State's going to have want, and then it's up to whether or not they can make it happen. But you think – so the BC and Pitt trips are, are games that Florida State you would think would want earlier in the year possible. You'd rather not go there in November. Um, but whether or not it's Pitt or BC, I think you know I think there's a lot of speculation it might be BC in that that third week. Um, but you know we'll we'll know in a few hours. If I have any influence, I want it to be Pitt. Let's go ahead and make the adjustments, everybody at the ACC Thanks home office. Let's go. I'm trying to catch up, catch a Pirates game. I'm actually doing the schedule in my head now. I'm I'm, I'm the geek I'm, that I'm uh, catering to. I'm doing this on the fly. When do you want the Miami game? Back in October, like it should be. Probably, um, but I don't. You know, that's another one where you you wonder how much uh, you know flexibility you know yeah. state has it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. Um, I definitely don't think you want it in November. Um, but you know, they may end up having to do that. You know, again, this is it's hard, man. Like, and, and you know, we all want to. We look at our school and we get mad and we say, "Oh, you, you screwed us" or whatever. Like last year, for example. How many teams had that buy before Clemson? Florida State had a buy before Clemson. I think Wake had a buy before Clemson. A, two or a couple other schools did as well. Mm -hmm. And if you're Clemson, you're like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but so it wasn't like the ACC was out to screw Clemson. It's just, man, it's 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 hard to make it all work. I will talk with you tonight, brother. Be well. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. All right, take care. That's Ira Chaffel, Warchant.com. So what the rumor is, and because we can all do this. I had this texted to me this morning, but not the whole schedule. But a lot of people seem to think that what they'll do is they'll give us BC early, like Ira just said, mm -hmm. in that week three to, to be our ACC kickoff. 
Oh, really? Because in Pittsburgh, the Pirates are hosting the Yankees that weekend, week three of college football season. Well, that would be great. I'd like to go do that. It'd be nice if they did that for us, but they're not going to do that for us. They're going to give us BC. Uh, who's at Fenway that weekend? One moment, please. Uh, by the way, if it is a Friday game, and we do think Florida State will have to play a Friday game at some point, maybe more than one. I would hope not. Maybe you just concede the one at Chestnut Hill. Better not be more than, You're already playing on a Sunday, and I you're know. doing that for league exposure. It's not you just, are. Yeah, come on now. I would do the. I'm fine if week three we play Boston College at Alumni Stadium, and I'll go up there and I'll watch the uh, Red Sox play. Oddly enough, the Red Sox are, are right, hosting. The Pirates. No, they're hosting the Yankees oh, wow. through Thursday, and so the Yankees go from Boston to Pittsburgh. And then the Red Sox are at Toronto that weekend. So you'd have to get up on Thursday, go to a game Thursday night between yeah, Red Sox yeah, but and Yankees. It's tough to get a Yankees Red Sox ticket. Damn uh, it, man. Probably not this year. Probably not this year. <sighs> I don't know, man. They're going to be in last place. Well, Yankee fans will travel. It's not that far a jaunt. It's a four game series, though. It's getaway day. If we were to, and I. You know, it's weird. It, you, you play this exercise. Like, again, you already know you're playing LSU on September the 3rd. You know you're playing Southern Miss on September the 9th. Tonight's the night where a lot of uh, husbands and wives and friends and family all get together and decide, let's mark it down now. How many games we go into and when are we meeting up? That's what tonight is. Tonight is get the calendar out, babe. Grab a couple of cold ones. Let's figure out the treks that we're going to make this year. I'm fine for going up to Boston. You and I have had a good time up there more than once. I'm going back. I'll go back up there. Um, I've been up there multiple times, uh, is what I should say. You and I went there to one time together. I've never I, had to I pee worse you, in my life. Yeah, I nursed you through the hundred stops on the way oh, up to Chestnut Hill. Never again. I mean, nearly tears welling up in my eyes. Sixty something stops trying to get out there, and that's when we saw Belichick park his car in the <laughs> handicap spot and care not at all. <laughs> no, no. In the fire zone. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, it was a non-parking yeah. space. Which, coincidentally, it's a, it's also a blitz call. <laughs> love, love the fire zone. <laughs> but we were like, look at that. Bill Belichick just parked right in front of us. Uh, yeah, that was odd. I'll go back up there. Just don't give me Pittsburgh too late. Woo! Oh. Adam, thank you. I'm a Pittsburgh Seminole Pirates. We'll have 100 losses by the time you get here. Even if they haven't played 100 games, Adam, that's true. I know. I know, man. It's tough. I'm with you, Adam. I'm a lifelong Pirates fan, and I embrace the start of baseball and pitchers and catchers reporting very, very soon, even though I know my team has zero hope. So Friday at Chestnut Hill. So you're telling me we would start Sunday to Saturday and then Saturday to Friday? So from our first game to our second, our second to our third, we'd be on short weeks for both of those? Come on, man. If it's against BC, I don't care. It's the week. Let's get up to Boston. Enjoy. Let's go to a game on Thursday. Have a good time together, buddy. Go see the Yankees. Oh, stop it. And no, I don't like the green line stopping at every street corner, especially not when I have to pee. This year. My if we, God, that was pain. We make that trip. I'm going to say, now, did everybody use the bathroom before yeah. we, because you got to go down the stairs into the heat too. Yeah. That was the other problem. No, it's 110 degrees down there. Any, Public transportation, it always sucked. That was particularly warm, though, because it was cold in Boston. It was cold, yeah. But it wasn't cold down there. No, sir. 
Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, this is rather surprising news. The butts have made a return to the chat. We've got the uh, 69mega.com making their way back to the uh, chat. There you go. They got the exposure they were looking for. Hey, everybody, if you're in the chat, <laughs> click on this and let's look at some boobies. That's uh, that's what they're trying to convince you to do, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> And here I thought you were opening up with a comment on the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, nope. talking about the porn sites that hop up on the chat when you get past a certain number of people's sustained viewing. We've flown by that number, and you haven't seen him recently. Aslan takes great pride in, in rooting out the sources and, and blocking them, but then the bots, they, they find adjust. ways. They, they adjust. adjust. Much like life, they find a way. They adjust accordingly. Tonight's 7 o'clock. Schedule reveal from the ACC, Warchant TV. You'll be able to watch alongside myself, Tom Lang, and, uh, of course, uh, Ira and Corey. Yeah. I see it in the chat. It's getting loosey-goosey in the chat, as you might imagine, with leading off the segment that way. But did you see the trailer for Cocaine Bear yesterday? Yeah, so, you know, so, yeah, and I've seen, I knew this was coming because I read an article about this. Um it is very loosely based on a true story. Very loosely based on a bear that got into cocaine. And was, so, yeah. I had a better experience watching this trailer than anybody else because I was in the kitchen. It was awesome. And all I heard was the audio. It's kind of like a, it sounded just yeah. like a commercial in Grand Theft Auto. When you're driving around in a car and you got their crazy radio stations on, and you're like, oh, this is awesome. This yeah. is great satire. And I asked Jamie, I said, is this real? Did they just say it's that the movie's movie, name yes. is Cocaine Bear? She goes, yes. Yeah. And it's everything you thought that would be. Oh, my God. So I love when there's a willingness to embrace the absurd. You know, I'm a bit of an absurdist myself. So if you're going to, like, the best way to pitch a movie like that is to take it to the hilt. Like, no, 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 no listen, this is a bear hopped up on cocaine killing people on a renegade spree of, well, whatever you think would happen if a grizzly did cocaine. Huge supplies of it. So really, you want to make this movie. Oh, not only do I want to make it. Let's get really Let's go, man. Yeah, I cracked up. Um, it's I did crack up thinking that that's the kind of movie I would write. Just of something insane. Just if I mean, if we were gonna have fun, like if you and I were sitting around post round of golf, having a couple beers, I was like, "What's the most insane thing you can think of? Let's let's write a movie. Let's just a simple script and get it made." What about a bear on cocaine killing everybody in a town? That's awesome. I think we're off to a good start. Here we go. That would be great. 
Yeah, I did see that. So I didn't know it was uh, going to be. Re- is it going to be released theatrically, or is it just Netflix? I I didn't I didn't see the commercial. All all I I just heard it, and with the sound effects and all of it, it was just incredible. It was a great experience. <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. No, guys, I uh, I don't know that even I could have come up with cocaine. Uh, cocaine I almost said cocaine cowboy, uh, but cocaine bear or bear cocaine or whatever. It's cocaine bear, right? Cocaine bear, yeah. I'm, you know, I don't want to go back through this. We're late in the show, and we got to do tub talk. Oh, that would have been perfect tub talk. Sorry well, this is tub talk. Go ahead. Play the play the line. We'll do tub talk. I will I'll, I'll this, this is kind of a downer of a tub talk, but it's tub talk nonetheless. Go for it. It's time for tub talk. Brought to you by Pinch a Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch a Penny on Greer Street. Now it's live to the tub. So you watched beginning to end Florida State basketball against Clemson? Second half, beginning to end first half, was bouncing around doing some things. Cleaning up the house. So when Clemson, with ten and a half seconds left, came out of the timeout, and we burned our timeout, was that not the first time you got mad? Because I'll live with bad calls and everything else in between. It happens every basketball game, so I don't I don't get flipped out about that. But we burned our timeout with 10 and a half seconds to play, and they were coming out of a timeout. And to me, that's too soon to do it. But then, B, you know that, well, okay, a number of things here. Go back to you have the ball in the wrong guy's hands when you have a free throw shooter the caliber of Caleb Mills. Yeah, or, or Darren Green. Right. So there are all these – we also end up with Darren Green fouling their center with 9.2 seconds left. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but if it was intentional, that's not what you do. It's a toughie. Well, I mean, it looked inten- – do you think it was intentional? I think it was. Yeah. I thought it was intentional yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Why'd they do that? Someone hurt. I think it's because he was going to get a clean look, but you let him take it. Yes. You let him take the shot. They end up running staggered screens, basically Clemson does. Um, Green got switched out onto him, and he's out of position. But you still don't foul. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, you let him. That, that's an acceptable yeah. shot, even though it's straight away. It's pretty much straight away. But I, I think you, you let him cut it loose. Yeah, and yeah. he converts both the free throws. So now you got a one point game with nine point seconds left, and no more timeouts remaining for FSU. So the ensuing inbounds play, Cleveland passes it to the near corner to Cameron Corin, not who you should be passing the ball to in that situation. No, why he's near the baseline, anywhere close to, to the inbound is that that's the hard part. Yeah, and I love Corin, and I feel bad for him, but right. he's not the. I mean, that's it, awful. He's not the best option in that moment. No, that's, well. The, yeah. You've got you've got one of the greatest free throw shooters in the history of the the, yeah. the team, and so then he of course misses the first one, which is going to happen because you got the wrong guy the ball in the situation, and Clemson must have been oh happy day, thanks for that. I'm just I'm touching on a series of blunders at the end of this game that lead to, um, you know the the Hunter kid having a full well, head of steam. You don't guard the inbounds pass, which correct. is crazy, and yeah. that's. Well, but then also, when that second half took off and went to another level in terms of entertainment value and we're hitting shots left and right, how are they responding? 
because they were attacking the basket with a full head of steam. We didn't have an answer for them. And you would think in the key moment, what are they going to? What is working for them? Beyond the fact that they're already good and they were already 9-1 and one entering ACC yeah, play. Yeah, not a 10-1 so, that we handed it to them on a platter. Correct. That's how they stayed in the game when we were going real productive places on the offensive side of the court was they were able to drive and finish. Some of them were low percentage, sure, but you got to think that that's what's coming in that key moment. And then, of course, you hold on to the ball too long. I mean, that felt predictable. Mills had a lot of big shots, including a, a rainbow three late mm-hmm. to reassert things when it felt like they were falling apart. So I always want to be even-handed with this. That's after he came back in with the four fouls. But with him having the ball late, it just felt like something bad was going to happen. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. But I just, that we didn't even get the shot off felt like, yeah, that didn't shock me. And is that a good sign? No, it's not a good sign. This, well, is, a, this is a rough tub to be talking about. It's about. a tough, tough, tough tub talk. It's just, you get the win on the road in pretty dominating fashion against Pitt. You played really well. And you had a gut check in that moment. Pitt, who just beat Miami, by the way. Um, and you have all of these these moments where where you're led to believe, okay, we're getting healthy. Bob is coming back. They may put themselves in a position to play their best basketball of the year at the end of the year. And no, I have no illusions about what's possible for this group because of the way the year started. They they were not going to the tournament. We knew that sort of one magical week. Um, but. I did think that they could end on a strong note and and kind of parlay that into something positive towards the uh, back half of the season. That you know you go into next year hoping that uh, if healthy, a couple of roster additions, you feel pretty good. And now you lose back to back home games in really excruciating fashion. One of them is to obviously a rival whom you did beat nine straight times prior. That's duly noted, but you don't even show up for that game. I mean, you don't even show up. You're out. You're not physical. You're not mentally tough enough. You're outskilled. It's a home game, and you don't you don't bother to show up. So that's one way to lose a game at home. It's frustrating, but it happens. Okay. And then you come out this game, and once again, just like the last three games, the other team gets out to a huge lead. Now, you battle back in two of the three, but, I mean, can we not start games down 16-2? to two? It'd be cool. You know, makes it awfully hard to win them. Uh, and then, you know, this game, you do dumb things – Several times over. Yeah. And it, with and an it, opportunity to win. And it ends up being a one possession loss. Yeah. Yeah. It just that that was a tough half because every time they pushed you, you found a way to reassert. And you're thinking this is going to be that character building win that helps set the tone for the rest of the year. Like this is the moment where you, you could see it, the storyline play out. All right. There was a teachable moment where Coach Hamilton is calling out your effort, the first home game this week. You respond, mm. you get a win over a ranked foe, and when they push you and they rally, you have you answers, found, yeah. you close the deal. And you could see how things would take off from there. But then you lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of factors with this, teams in, in, with this team and shortcomings of this team that they, they can't overcome, but you can't add to those shortcomings with things that um, we're highlighting here that frustrated by uh ham will be back next year i would assume and it is my great hope that he has the kind of season that uh, we can all be proud of and maybe that's it he takes it to the ncaa tournament and we'll go okay man what a career unbelievable 
Hall of Fame career, and it's something to, to laud and, and celebrate. Um, don't want it to end this way. I don't think it's going to end this way. But I will tell you this, that it, it, it has reached a place where you get uncomfortable. And I don't mean me, specifically me. I mean the kinds of questions that get asked post-game. And those don't go away with each loss. We know that. And, well, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that they become bountiful. <laughs> there are more of them with each passing performance. And then they become the noise in the system that all coaches look to avoid at all times. Uh, it's an irritance. It's a distraction. It's frustrating. It's a lot of things. And it's impossible for coaches, as we've seen and I've seen, not to take those things personally if they've accomplished something great at the particular spot they're at. And he has. But um, that's just the way – that's how that works. Yeah. In this instance versus what happened almost 15 years ago now mm. in football, which is amazing to think about, the success is more recent and more comprehensive in Coach Hamilton's case. This hasn't been a lost decade. Right. But it's it's a trend now. It's a trend. Yeah, and last year and was more excusable in a lot of ways, or some people might argue that it was, with the amount of injuries that they had. I feel like this year almost is more because you're undercut before you can even get going. Because last year, the way that they finished an ACC play, the North Carolina performance is the, the one that always sticks out, but they have a BC performance that looks much the same. But on the road at North Carolina, that's mm -hmm. a noon tip. Mm -hmm. No effort. And you're just thinking, come on. Because I, mean, I, I always go back to the recent pillars of this second run in the program. And you're going to look at Terrence Mann in the face or Trent Forrest in the face or walk by whatever awards they've won in the hallway and say that you gave your best like these guys did? You're holding that standard? Because if you if you do that and you're not good enough, that's one thing. But you you give the same level of effort that Trent did and Terrence and all these other guys, you could say that with a straight face. I don't think you can. This year, the injuries and the suspension hurt you more. Next year, it's kind of an all-in year. Well, I think, uh, yes. I mean, that's a given. I, I, there's no doubt about that. He's got to make some roster adjustments, though. They're, this team, as currently comprised, is not going to, to be great. Uh, they're not, they're not going to win to the extent that we want them to. So, uh, and, and he's capable because every time you count him out, he, he comes up with a, you know, he finds a guy. Uh, we thought it was going to be Baba this year, and it could have been. It could have been. It could have been. But he got screwed over and by Ganey. the NCAA. Could have been gaining. Well, and that, that, there's no doubt. You cannot not point that out. That matters. You had a defensive stopper and rebounder who was going to be the guy to protect the rim and lost for the season before they start, and you yeah, lost Baba. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Don't forget tonight, 7 o'clock. Schedule reveal on Warchant TV. We'll be there talking all about it. Peace. Peace.